Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer, and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello. So we have Jesse Susanna Carnitz, aka Money Witch, and she is here on the Girl Gang Craft podcast. We're so excited to have her today. She is an intuitive financial coach, a small business alchemist, bookkeeper, and tax preparer, bringing capitalism criti- critical business lady swag to clients in the Bay Area and via Skype. She is an active member of the Girl Gang Craft community and taught an amazing class at our Small Biz Summit last year on taxes and self-care. Really excited to have her today. Hey, Jessie Susanna. Hi, how's it going? Good, so happy to have you. Do you want to start by giving a little bit of your background? Sure, yeah. I um, came into small business via being a sex worker and then um, having an opportunity to buy a business in North Beach when I was about 24, like as part of a worker-owned collective. So I sort of just started learning about um, small business and and economics and buying businesses and accounting and all of those things just by doing them on the grounds. And then I got interested in the financial aspect and helping small businesses like get financial services that they needed. And I went into bookkeeping. And then with bookkeeping, I kind of realized that a lot of the reason that people don't do what they need to be doing financially has a lot to do with kind of like spiritual and emotional blocks and and habits that are formed around kind of like our emotional responses and not just not having the information. So I got more interested in that and started kind of like moving my work into that realm. And now I do financial coaching. I, for the last six years, I've had this business, Money Witch, done intuitive financial coaching, where I sort of talk to people about their financial problems and work out the practical level, but also like the spiritual and emotional levels so that people can have shifts in their financial life that legitimately work. And are not just kind of like this new year, new me, like, I'm going to do it better now, you know, but it's like, if you're just saying like, I'm going to do it better, but you're not really addressing why you were doing it badly in the first place, then I don't think you really get as far. So my goal is to kind of give people financial information in an accessible and interesting way, and then pair it with helping people dig underneath to figure out what are some of the other reasons why they're like being challenged in their financial life? Awesome. And have you always been into the magic aspect of things? So I had another business that was sort of similar to what I do now-ish in 2008. And that business was kind of like, if I did what I do now, but without the magic part, 
And I was a little more focused on, um, I was coming out of the worker-owned cooperative movement. So we were sort of more focused on worker-owned co-ops. So when I was getting into the financial piece, I was not necessarily connected to the magical piece, but since Money Witch started in 2013, the magical piece has always been a part of it. And was there a particular moment or experience that led you to the magic part of the Money Witch? Well, I think it was sort of predating. 2012 was a really like intense year for me. For anyone who does tarot, it was like a tower year um, where just like everything fell apart. I was, we got evicted out of a like collective house that I lived in in the mission. And I lived there with my partner at the time and my two-year-old, I guess at that time. And I decided as part of the eviction that I wanted to get divorced. And it was just like a very major year. And part of that was kind of coming back into, I had been a very spiritual person and a kind of religious person, but I would say like around 2012 is sort of when I came into like reconnecting with my personal power around it and like reconnecting to um, magic because to me it's just sort of like magic is about like understanding your personal energetic power and you know taking responsibility and control for it so that I feel like I sort of had that process of revelation like in 2012 and then Money Witch came about in 2013 when I was like kind of growing out of being divorced and evicted and being like I need to go back to work I need to like figure out something that I want to do and I sort of was dabbling in resurrecting like a number of different skill sets that I have. And the financial skill set is the one that kind of took off and so sort of meshed in with all of the personal process that I had been going through in my own life to form. Yeah, just like form. It is how it is now. Do you want to talk about how some of your product line comes into play and how it ties in with your uh, money magic as well as your other sorts of magic? Oh yeah, for sure. So that is a project that I did. Well, mostly 2019, I really kind of like up leveled the product line. I had made I had probably like 2014 or 2015, like when the business was really new, I just got inspired to like make um, this handful of gem essence blends that would deal with different uh, money issues. So gem essences are, you know, it's like working with a gem or a crystal. Um, a lot of people like work with crystals physically, you know, like having a certain crystal because it like brings a certain vibrational quality. Um, and you can also work with them as essences where people kind of like do the magical work of it. energetic quality of a crystal into a, like a potion that you can take in in your mouth, I don't know, like inside your body. And so I had this idea to make these four blends and it's actually the same blends that I'm still using now. So that was just kind of like brought to me and there's four different situations. One's about what is called level up. It's like about, you know, building something of value for yourself, like changing your habits. There's like a fast cash one, make that money. There's one that used to be called releasing ancestral money patterns that is now called um, family money. That's like about releasing patterns around money that you like got from your family. And so you can step into your own power and your own values around money. And then there's 
debt free. That's like about getting aggressive around debt. So all those. And then I like developed a couple more products last year because I did a whole like product rebranding. I, when I had originally made them, I mean, you know, when you make things, sometimes you make something and you're like, I want to sell this. And then you realize like, actually, you know, the amount of work that it would take to do that. And you know, the profit margin is just like not big enough. It's not really worth it. I'll just sort of like make them and give them away or something like that. So that's sort of how the essences were for a number of years. But I decided that I wanted to be able to wholesale them and have them in stores and sell them on a larger scale. So I kind of did all the work to do that last year. And now I have a little money magic store. The products are in a few stores across the country and all in my shop. I have like an abundance spray and a tea and the four essences and an oil. And they're all mostly based on the magic of gems and crystals. Do you have a favorite part of your business right now? Oh, Lord. Well, right now it's tax season. So I'm like kind of all immersed in the taxes. I have like three, I think of my business as being a triangle. So there's like the product piece, there's the taxes piece, and then there's the like education piece and the coaching is part of the education piece. My online courses is part of the education piece. You know, when I do talks, like when we did the um, small biz summit last summer, like that's part of that. And I kind of like focus on one at a time. So this year is a big education year for me, 2020. Last year was a product year. And I think next year might be the taxes year. I have a fantasy that I'm going to have like a kind of money, witch H&R block, like brick and mortar business <laughs> that might come in the next year or two. But right now, I don't know. It sounds funny to be like taxes are my favorite part of my business right now, but I'm just like really fully immersing myself in tax season this year and kind of being in it. So I think right now I'm kind of in the tax corner of the triangle. I also have three parts in Girl Gang Craft. So it's, I love how you sort of separate it up year by year. And this year is also an education year for us as well. So I love that synchronicity. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. We are located in Oakland, California right now. We are going through a global crisis. We are in a pandemic. And here in California, we are shelter in place. Do you want to talk about how shelter in place has been for you and if and how it's affected your business? Yeah, uh, honestly, the impact for me has been pretty minimal because I'm in like tax season right now. Like I would just be in my house working like 10 hour days, seeing nobody like that's what I would be doing right now. So that's still what I'm doing, basically. And there is not like a huge amount of change for me. The biggest change for me has been that I now also have to homeschool my 10 year old that is like presenting its own set of challenges. And you know, then that it's like all of my clients are anxious. Now I was kind of saying that to somebody like, Everybody, all of my tax clients were like very happy until about a week or two weeks ago, you know, and then everybody started getting like really upset and anxious about everything. So um, I think just like managing the general anxiety and being kind of like a hub of information for like a lot of small business owners, you know, like I did doing between, you know, basically probably maybe 80 to 90 people's taxes this year. And most of them are solopreneurs or small business owners. So everybody, you know, needs something right now. But financially, the impact for me is minimal because of the way that like my tax clients were mostly already contracted. I did lose a handful of clients that just decided like they couldn't 
pay for getting their taxes done right now, but it's been a sort of minimal impact for me. I think our communities are very similar. So a lot of our listeners and Gogencraft market participants and social media followers are obviously artists, makers, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. A lot of them often work another job, like at a restaurant, to supplement their income. And obviously that extra financial security does not exist right now. So yeah, a lot yeah, of my clients there's a lot of have just lost all of their income. Yeah. I mean I mean personally I went to Girl Gang Craft full time this year and it's it's a crazy time to pick this year to go full time. But at the same time my backup jobs before this were yoga teaching and then before that waitressing. So uh, I would have lost that security anyways. Yeah. But I was wondering if you have any like insight that can help, you know, ease anxiety and also maybe give our listeners tangible steps right now to keep their money or create more income and survive or maybe do more than survive. I mean, I think for the anxiety, you know, things that work for money anxiety is just things that work for any anxiety, which, you know, for some people, like having situational anxiety is new. And for a lot of people, like, we just have anxiety all the time. So, you know, same skills about like being centered, being grounded. It's a great time to like just have any kind of mindfulness or meditation practice. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It's a great time to like not be a perfectionist about that kind of stuff and just be like, even if for like 30 seconds, I just deep breathe, like when I wake up or before I go to bed, you know, something like that is really helpful. And I really like affirmations. So just accepting that, you know, this is temporary. We are not in control of a lot of things that are happening. And our job is to really like discern where we need to surrender and just accept what's happening and then where we do have control and need to step into our agency. So I think when things feel, out of our control, they often feel really overwhelming. And when people feel overwhelmed, they go to avoidance, you know, or that's like a kind of tactic, survival tactic, or whatever, if you will, a coping mechanism that a lot of people go to. And it's something that people engage a lot around their finances in general. So to whatever extent you notice your own behavior, you know, like where we are now in a crisis it's interesting because it's sort of like everybody is going through a similar crisis, but, you know, as individuals, we all go through our own crises, you know, depending on the year or what's going on and remembering that like we still have agency and we still can have good habits now is really helpful. And looking at a time of crisis as just sort of being like a different vantage point and an opportunity to get to know yourself better, right? Like you're like, okay, let me observe how I feel and how I'm behaving and what my tendency and habits are now in this time from this vantage point. What is this particular situation like bringing to the surface? Like what could I learn about myself? Because self-awareness ongoingly is just always going to be like the best gift you can give yourself. So having financial self-awareness in the time, noticing like what's coming up for you, you know, where are those feelings coming from? What do you have control over? What's being brought to the surface to heal right now? And then I think really like 
looking at what you can do. So what you can do is assess like what you do have control over. What you do have control over is, you know, calling all of your loans, credit cards, and asking them to stop interest or stop minimum payments. Different banks are offering different things and are going to be ongoingly, right? Like as Phoebe and I were saying, like before the call, things are unfolding. You know, the help that's being offered now is new and more help and different help will be, you know, unfolded over time. So, um, but even now, like a lot of credit card companies and banks are offering some sort of relief. So like making those phone calls, you have to actively say like, my income has been impacted by coronavirus and, you know, ask them what they can do about it. Applying for unemployment, if you've lost your income, asking your landlord actively to reduce your rent or, you know, people are engaging in rent strike, talking to your neighbors. If you live in a building where you all have the same landlord to kind of like get on a solidarity page so that you have more leverage. And I think in your businesses right now, like I've been thinking about this idea of like, everybody needs to go back to the core of what their offering is and then build from there. Like you may need to rebuild, you know, what you offer last year might not be viable this year. And that can be intense. Like it can be intense to have to let go of something like that. But the worst thing you can do is just like hang on to something that doesn't work. So I think, you know, looking at like, how you can pivot in this time and looking at like whether your offerings that you've been making or that have been viable are still viable now in this economy and the economy we're about to experience like that kind of like business you know solopreneur soul searching is like really important and it is something that you do have control over now yeah. Have you seen any good examples of people pivoting or refocusing uh, that you would be interested in talking about or that would serve as a good example for that? Well, I think you're doing a great job. Actually, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. You know, I think you're like been very good at like being like, OK, you know, what you do is serve small businesses, you know, or try to like offer things things that are of service and for small businesses. And like maybe last year, everybody needed a certain, but like right now, what they need is like assistance about right now. And I think you've been like very fast in responding to that. I think a lot of like, like the service based, you know, those of us in service based, like business services, I think has made like the fastest. Those are the people I see making the fastest turn, right? Because we're like, oh, business services has to be responsive to like what people in small business need at any given time. I see people turning to online, like online readings, online services. I don't, I saw a friend of mine who's a hairdresser do like a series of videos instead about like how to maintain your haircut at home. Like if you have an undercut, like how to like kind of like maintain an undercut, you know, at home. So things like that. I haven't, but no, I haven't seen a lot yet. I think it's going to come, you know, 
I'm interested to sort of see like from a product based standpoint, like what do you do if your product based business is not viable in this time? And I think yeah, that's where yeah. I've personally been seen. Oh, go ahead. Well, what have you? Yeah, have no, you I'll seen go. anybody <laughs> that you think is like doing a great job? Well, I think I've been seeing a lot of hardship with the product based business as well. Um, I think it's hard to sell jewelry in this time, for instance. I think that's very hard. And I've been seeing a lot of, at least behind the scenes, I think that's really important right now. If you are have a business that is, you know, maybe not quote unquote necessary in this time or not easy to sell in this time, um, I think it's a great opportunity to dive into behind the scenes, showing your studio, showing your process. I think also our bubble is very small and our bubble of artists is we tend to think of us as being poor and anxious, but there is a bubble that exists above that, uh, like beyond that. And there are a lot of people in, you know, the Bay Area specifically that are still working and bored and have cash on hand. And so how do we, you know, access those people? Maybe you have a candle business and that maybe on the surface doesn't seem super viable. But at the same time, a lot of people are spending time beautifying their home and creating space for their wellness. Um, yeah, I've I also think seen, candles are perfect uh, for right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of my yoga friends obviously pivot and, you know, quickly mm-hmm. get their content online. And that's been so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's now that you're saying that I'm like, yeah, yoga, um, like Pilates, other exercise babes, I've seen like do good about doing kind of like online courses. Also, you know, restaurants, like I had done a little class at um, NOPA in San Francisco a couple months ago. And I've, you know, so I'm on their Instagram, and I've seen them, like they're offering, you know, kind of takeout sort of to go I don't know, like the kind of meals where you get that are like almost all the way prepped, but then you kind of take it home and you do a few more things. So they're making like their, you know, really delicious kind of like high end food to go in those ways, Um, sort of like meal kits, I guess. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that are kind of doing a good job of transitioning into being just takeout. Yeah. I think it's not a time to give up. I've seen sort of a lot of sort of defeatism, if you will. And I, you know, it's totally valid to spend some time taking care of yourself and collecting your thoughts and feelings and nurturing yourself. But this might be going on for a a chunk of time. And so if, you know, this is your income and, you know, your future business and your livelihood, it is a good time to have some creative thinking and figure out how on earth you're going to move this forward in this time and after this time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like for me, I'm like, give up and do what? You know what I mean? Like, it's like usually when people give up their (laughs) business, they're like, I'm going to give up and get a job, right? Like, I can't deal with this anymore. I want job that has like benefits and blah, blah, blah. But like what you're not getting a job either. So you know what I mean? It's like, there's not really like that exit door isn't even there. So it's like, like you're saying, like, if you need to take some time, like to just be like, what I'm doing is like, not even viable anymore. You know, like I'm thinking about like, clients of mine that do, for example, like massage, 
therapists. Or um, I had a friend who was offering online lessons on how to give couple massages. Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great pivot. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. this is the time, like, I'm just like, if you're doing something that you just are like, what I do, like, may not be viable on the ongoing, you know, from this, like, at least for the rest of the year or whatever, then it's like, there is a loss to that, you know, because you've invested a certain amount. And, you know, energetically, in your dreams, financially, time, energy, all those things. But, you know, and it's like, if you need to take a few weeks to just kind of like have a breakdown and really like grieve that right now, that's okay. You know, it's like put your unemployment application in before you have a breakdown and then take a few weeks. And by the time you, you know, take a shower in three weeks, like your unemployment application will have gone through and then you'll have some money and you'll feel better again, basically, you know, but it's like, do what you need to do. Like, like that's, it's really real, you know, like that grief that you feel in, in doing this because so many of us, like our business is our place of empowerment. You know, we're like, I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing this on my own. Like, you know, I like did all this work to be able to like make this successful on my own. And if you're like feeling like that's threatened right now, there is very real grief. And I think like take the time to do it, but you have to be able to be flexible, you know, because the idea that the world is the same all the time is just not true. And this is about the way that like, something massive has happened, but it's like things can happen personally in your own life that make things completely, you know, whatever you've been doing completely not viable anymore. And, um, you know, or like there's lots of different things that can happen. And so like your, your dreams are not invalid, you know, you might just need to have a more flexible manifestation of them rather than like a rigid manifestation of them. And that's going to be easier for some personalities more than other personalities, you know, but just like going into like, what is important to you? And like, I don't know, you know, it's like self-employed people are now eligible for to apply for unemployment, which has never been true before. So it's like, get your application for unemployment in if your income has been majorly impacted. And then use this as an opportunity to really like do some soul searching to develop, you know, anyone who has a business has offerings that are undeveloped, you know, we're all like, oh, I've been wanting to, you know, make this workbook. I've been wanting to, you know, make this online class. I've been wanting to make a new formula. I've been wanting to like try this new medium. So just take the check, you know, and like use this as a, um, what's it called? Like a residency, you know, it's like unemployment, coronavirus residency, you know, 2020 and just figure out what it is that I love you that so to much. Be doing, you know, and like do the things you like, get your bookkeep, you know, I'm going to be like pushing the finance fees because that's me, but it's just like, get your bookkeeping up to date, like learn how to do your bookkeeping and your taxes. Like, think about make that decision about like whether you're going to incorporate or not or like you know all those other like little back end pieces learn how to use like 
you've been thinking about switching from one scheduling app to another, like all those little things that are always like getting pushed down on the list, you know, incorporate or like, um, do your trademark application or like, you know, all those little things that never get done, like just take, get your application in for, to get some money from the government. And then just like take that money and spend this time expanding and kind of like cleaning house so that, cause that is what you have control over. You have control over your own business house. That's all you have control over at this time. And it's like all business from a proper standpoint should be built from like assessing the needs, you know, like your business should fill a need, right? Like we've all read basic, you know, marketing and whatever. It's like your business needs to fill a need. So if people's needs change, like if the larger collective's needs are changing, then just take a look at that, you know, take a look at like, what are the new needs? You know, what are the new opportunities? What needs are like currently needing to be filled that like, you know, aren't getting filled? Like, what can you give people that they need now? Not what can you give people that they needed last year? You know, because that's how we create, create relevancy, right? And without relevancy, like we become like our business becomes stagnant and we become stagnant too. So we want to be like active, engaged agents in our business that's like actively engaging with the community and not just kind of like, I want to make this thing. So like, that's the most important piece, you know, like you wanting to make a certain thing that now people don't want or need, like that sucks, but you can't stay in that place for very long. It will be like very detrimental to you both financially and from a mental health perspective. Yeah. I think that's great advice sort of going back to this magic and this mindset, if you can have flexibility in your business, depending on what is happening in your own life and the world around you, you're going to be successful. But I talked to someone, we have a branding course, it's already going to happen when this podcast is coming out. But you know, talking to people, and people are like, well, my business isn't going to do well right now. And it's not with that attitude. Be gentle with yourself and question things and maybe rethink about what is going to do well. But if you think your business isn't going to do well right now, it's not. Yeah. And Um, it's like, I mean, some businesses just flat are out, like are not going to do well right now. Like it's just like, you know, read the room, like no one's interested in whatever it is. And that could be true. But when we're able to like pivot, like a lot of people are like at home you know, doing things. So it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, if you make earrings, like, I think education is important. Like, can you make a kit now that's like, okay, how to like, make earring these earrings at home or something, you know, and you're gonna like ship the like, do it yourself kit out to people with like a video lesson of like, how to do it or, you know, I don't just like any number of things. Think about what you can offer. And the thing about side hustles, too, is like, Side hustles are like, oh, where can I, where can I make money? You know, maybe I can't, that's like how side hustles have always existed, right? Maybe I can't make money doing this other thing, but I could make money doing this thing, you know? So let me figure out like, what's a side hustle and it's okay to just have a side hustle in this time period. Like we all have multiple skill sets, you know? So what's another skill set? that you have and that you have access to like if the if the skill set that you've been 
focusing on isn't very viable right now, you know, what is another skill set that maybe you could lean a little bit more on in this time? Okay, let's pivot ourselves and go a little bit more uh, back. Let's talk about unemployment. Okay. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions personally about if I qualify for unemployment and what do I need to know for the application, uh, et cetera. So could you talk a little bit about unemployment and if people need to know anything going into the application? I think the first thing you need to know is that the government all worked out and that the volume that the these agencies are working at right now is like unprecedentedly large and it's not going to be as user friendly as like you think it might be right so it's like it's you know if you go to if you're in California and you go to the EDD website to apply for unemployment it's not going to have a button like if you are self-employed and are like now eligible for self-employment insurance, like press this button here, you know, you need to just sort of know that as a self-employed person, you are now from a legal perspective, eligible to apply for unemployment in all states and that you just go ahead and put your application in, in the same way as anyone else for now until or unless they tell you different. So just go ahead and get that application in in the regular way, which is usually through your like state's employment department, and that you need a lot of information to fill out the application. So you're going to need, you know, and this is that thing, right? Like, okay, you if you are a small business, you need all your bookkeeping for the last 18 months to do this application. So cleaning up your bookkeeping you know, the reason that we're always like pushing for those things to be done is like, when you need that information, you really need it. And now's one of those times. So, you know, get your financial information in order. Um, You also need information about basically like all employment that you've had in the last 18 months to fill out that application. So go ahead and gather all of that information together and go to your state employment website and apply there's not a lot of support right now in terms of like being able to call um, and get any kind of help. So just put the application in because it takes a long time to get it processed. And then if there's any additional information that comes clear from, from that point forward, like you can just go from there. But for now, like anybody would, even though it doesn't necessarily say that you are eligible on the website. I think you have a week. Uh, My girlfriend applied for unemployment and she basically like was working on the application. And I think it saves like up until Saturday. So I think you can kind of like work on the application, but I don't even think it'll really let you submit it until you have all the accurate information. So I think you should like get, you know, you need to have, you really can't even put the application in, but it definitely should go in as soon as possible. So if you have like lost your income, as a self-employed person, your like literal number one task, you know, after taking care of like your kids or whatever you have to do at your house is to get your books for the last 18 months in order and get gather all your information and just fill out that unemployment application. That's like the number one thing you have to do. And if you've lost part of your income, let's say you're an artist and all of your events uh, were canceled that you were going to have uh, in-person sales at, that still counts, correct? 
Yeah, they're saying for now that, um, yeah, basically like, you know, heavy reduction in income would also be eligible, especially from a like self-employed perspective. And let's talk about the tax extension. Um, I know in your video you said don't extend. (laughs) Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And so um, the new tax deadline is July 15th. So usually, you know, taxes are due April 15th. Your payment for the year before is due April 15th. And the first quarter of estimated quarterly taxes is also due April 15th. Now they're extending those to July 15th. I think that unless there's so much going on for you that you like can't possibly get it done, I would just go ahead and do it because it's like, get it off your mind. It is stressful. Like I have been saying in my videos, like January 1st comes around and you start thinking like, I need to file my taxes. And then that stays on your mental to-do list until you do them. So it's like, you could get it off your mental to-do list now. Or you could get it off your mental to-do list like in three months. And then January 1st, 2021, it's going to happen again. So like how many months of the year do you want to have off from having it on your mind? You know, when people file extensions and don't file um, until um, October 15th, which is like when you usually file an extension, you get to October 15th. It's like fine. But it's like if you do your taxes in October, then you only have November, December where you don't have to do your taxes. Because I think the thing when people feel like they're not, okay, I can't do it now because like, I don't have the mental space to do it. But like, it's on your, it's already taking up your mental space. Basically, I think avoidance doesn't really work. And like the stuff that we're avoiding, and thinking we're kind of like doing ourselves a favor by avoiding or like letting ourselves not have to deal with because we're not ready to deal with it. Like, that stuff is we're already dealing with it really heavily in a subconscious way. And it impacts our self-esteem too. You know, it's good for your self-esteem when you get the things done that you need to get done to take care of yourself and doing your taxes as part of taking care of yourself. So um, get that done. And especially right now, if you haven't filed, if you didn't file this year and you're a year behind, you haven't filed 2018, you really want to get your taxes in so that um, you have that direct deposit number on file for the IRS and you can get your, you know, $1,200 stimulus check. Awesome. Okay. So what are some ways that you are personally utilizing your services to help the community right now? I know that you've been doing some videos on your Instagram. Um, yeah. Videos. Tell us more I about think, that. I think videos and just like really focusing on like translating information. So one of the things that I realized about my business at a certain point was like, I can read IRS, you know, like I can read an IRS document and I'm like, oh yeah, I know what this says. Where people are usually like, I got a letter from the IRS and like, I don't understand what it says. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's like something I can do in this time is just like read the documents, like read the things that are coming from the IRS, gather news and just sort of like translate them into an accessible way, like offering like what I know about taxes in general, and also like what I know about the community of my clients in general. And that's part of the thing about like not doing the tax extension, you know, a lot of people procrastinate around their taxes. So like, if you legitimately need the extension, that's fine. If you are like, awesome, now I don't have to do my taxes till July, and you're basically like using it as a tool of procrastination, instead of like some other tool of procrastination that you would have used, like don't do that. 
you're not doing yourself any favors by like utilizing that. So I think just, yeah, making the videos, trying to like gather information and transmit it, trying to encourage people to like continue to, to stay on track, you know, and not just sort of like fall off the track of like feeling like you have agency and control over things, trying to help people get their taxes in if they haven't, trying to help people get the information that they need to fill out their loan application or their unemployment, those types of things, trying to encourage people to direct deposit numbers so they can get their check. And I think, you know, just sort of like talking people through their anxiety as it comes up. So, I mean, we've talked about why it's important, especially right now, to have your books updated. But that's something that you generally talk about. Can you talk a little bit about how that's empowering and um, why that's just really important to know as a small business owner or any business owner? Yeah, absolutely. You know, your bookkeeping is essentially for has three purposes. One is to allow you to do your taxes, right, to be tax compliant. And a lot of people only do their books to be tax compliant. And that's what it looks like when you kind of do your, your bookkeeping all at once, like in, you know, March or April to like do your taxes and try to figure out everything that happened, you know, get all your receipts from last year and add them all up and see what happened. So that's one reason. The second reason is for funding purposes, which I think a lot of people have not thought that they would be a person who would be applying for a loan or something like that in their business. But now like lots and lots of people are in that situation. So having your bookkeeping organized for that purpose is, you know, also important, right? Because if you're looking for any kind of like grant or loan of any sort, um, you know, people are going to want to see your up-to-date financials of your business. And then the third reason, and that's the reason that I think is the most important is for strategic decision-making. So if you are going to be fully empowered in strategic decision-making, you know, having direction and having a plan year to year, deciding like what you're going to focus on, where you're going to go, what has been most financially advantageous to you, like where you have room to grow financially, like, are you making enough profit margin, like all of those things, like you need the actual numbers. Everyone who has a business has an intuitive sense of those things. But a lot of people ride just the intuitive sense for way too long without being able to like match it with the actual numbers. And when you're kind of like pairing intuitively what you know about your business with the actual numbers, also like you're really going to be in a place to like kind of have the geography, you know, like really look at the map of like what's happening financially in your business and decide where you want to go from there. So, you know, when people get their numbers together for their taxes, I often hear people are like, oh, I didn't understand that I like made that much. Or I, you know, I didn't really know that I was like losing money from these events on or, you know, things like that, right? Where it's like, you don't really know. And then, and you can't really take direction. Like, it's easier when you have a very clear goal. You know, it's different to be like, I need to make more money in my business than to be like, you know, I need to make another $2,000 a month, right? Like that's just a very different goal. And I think having the specificity helps you make a plan because having just a plan to like make more money in your business in general is vague Whereas like, if you're like, okay, I need to make $2,000 a month, you can break that down, right? Like, okay, my product sells for, here's a product I have, it's $20. So I need to sell a hundred of them every month. 
or I need to, you know, I could make, I think I could make another $500 a month, you know, readings. Where's the other $1,500 going to come from? Do I need to also have an online course and a product, you know, or like what's some things that I've been thinking um, I could do and like, what's the real viability of them, like from a financial perspective. So all of that stuff becomes like in some much sharper focus when you have your bookkeeping and the financials of your business like organized in a way that you can like use them as tools. Like you're the CFO of your company and the CEO of your company. You know, you need to have those reports that tell you like, okay, let's look at this from a financial perspective, you know, not just look, let's look at it from a creative perspective or from an intuitive perspective. Although all of those perspectives are important, but they have to all come together kind of like at the board table. Totally. I know for me personally, uh, my QuickBooks and my money is a general source of anxiety. Um, And as a Virgo, uh, I like to be very organized anyways. So for me, A, I asked for help. I have an accountant and sort of a bookkeeper, thanks to you, that we're working in tandem to create organization in a way that I can understand and Mm -hmm. uh, that breaks down specifically to my business because there's so Mm -hmm. many different, you know, revenue streams. And it is very empowering to now know what's actually happening in my business (laughs) and to make decisions moving forward from there. And there is help available. And sometimes, you know, it is worth paying someone to either do things consistently for you or, you know, work in tandem with you. So you actually know what's happening as well. Mm -hmm. Having people help you, there's such a fine line, you know what I mean? Like have people help you understand like what they're doing rather than just getting it off your plate and never processing it. You know what I mean? Like if you have a bookkeeper, which is great, like have a bookkeeper but if you have a bookkeeper, you know, you should be like on a monthly or at least quarterly basis being like, okay, let's sit down and like, can you really explain what this profit and loss statement says? You know, if you're just like getting the email from your bookkeeper and not even ever looking at your profit and loss or you're, or you're like looking at it, but feeling kind of like ashamed that you don't know how to read it or you don't know what it means. And then just like ignoring it, you're sort of participating in your own disempowerment. So it's like, you know, utilizing help in a way that's empowering rather than disempowering, I think is important in the financial realm. Absolutely. Okay, let's let's finish off with talking about uh, that you just signed a book deal. Ah! Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the, <laughs> what the book's going to be and how that felt to sign a book deal? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty long process. And it involves a lot of talking to people in my life who have like written books or are in various stages of like book deal about like what to do and what not to do. And I think like, that's really important that kind of like empowerment standpoint that you get from like, just really like talking to a lot of people around you. And I think it's a place, you know, just like salaries where I'm like, I think it's really important to like, be transparent about like, oh, you know, I worked with this publisher and this is how much I got. Or like, I worked with an agent or I didn't work with an agent, you know, and here's how the numbers were different. Or like, just really like talking to each other so we can know, you know, what we can expect and kind of like push, just push the publishers a little bit to to give people good deals and that people can understand for themselves, like what's a good deal. Like, so I think if you're going into that, like that's something that I, I feel like, I learned a lot about this year was like being in process and like 
advocating for myself and like wanting to understand exactly what I was signing. I went back and forth. I had like a lawyer look at the contract and I was like, kind of like sending stuff to the um, publisher that the lawyer was saying the emails were going back and forth. And all of a sudden I realized like, oh, one of the things we were talking about was like the actual literal title of the book. You know, like it was just in all this legal jargon where it's like, right to you know, whatever titles and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, title, like the title of the book. Okay. That's obviously something I care about, but I like, wouldn't have even realized that there was language in there that was saying like, I don't have the right to title my own book. So anyway, I think just like doing your research is important. Yeah. I don't know. My book's going to be a tour. Um, I I mean, I have to write this thing. It's also, I feel like I learned a lot about like how long it takes for books, you know? So it's like, I'm going to write this book after tax season for the rest of 2020. 2021, it'll be like getting created basically and printed and we'll create a marketing plan. And then, you know, this book is basically slated to come out like December, 2021 or January, 2022, you know? So it's like, that's a really long time from now. I would imagine I will do some kind of tour. The book is a, is linked to a workshop that I have that's called Heal Your Finances. That's about like really digging into the kind of spiritual and emotional things that like impact your financial life and working through those things like in tandem with the practical. So it's like something that I feel very like passionate about talking to people about and I'm definitely excited about. And yeah, I want to go on tour. I want speaking gigs. I want... I want conferences to like buy my book to give to their as swag at their conferences. I want book clubs. I want, I want it all. So (laughs) I'm excited to like take this book out. Were you sending your idea around to publishers or did a publisher reach out to you? A publisher reached out to me. I actually had three, I think um, publishers reach out to me. And so I was also, I mean, that's a, a, kind of like lucky and privileged standpoint, you know, that's coming from like my platform, essentially. And I think through that process, I was also able to like be able to interview um, the publishers in a certain way and like learn a lot about like what different people were going to offer or not offer and decide like which offer I wanted to take. Yeah. So I think I didn't have an agent. And so therefore, I don't ha- I didn't have to pay an agent. I think like that was also really helpful. But I did talk to an agent several times and a lawyer, as well as like other people in my business, because I think sometimes when people approach you with something like they might not really be giving you a good deal necessarily, because they're kind of like, you know, you don't necessarily know anything. They're just approaching you. And people just get really excited about wanting to do a book, right? So they're like, yes, I want to do a book. But I really was like talking to publishers, like, why do you think that I should publish? Like, what's the benefit of like, publishing with a publisher? versus like self-publishing, you know, cause I'm like, from a financial standpoint, like self-publishing, you're going to make more money usually you, but you have to front a lot of money too, you know? So I don't know, like all those different questions I got to ask it. I felt like that was really beneficial and I learned a lot. Do you have any advice that you want to leave um, our listeners with at this point in time about finances or about the current climate or about magic or anxiety? Any sort of final advice or words from you? I would just say, as I have said before, <laughs> um, being born into your body at this point in time space, like going through these experiences with this collective is not an accident. You know, this is 
your spiritual assignment. This is your earth journey. This is very important work. And don't try to avoid it, like be in it. You know, I've been thinking about this idea with the pandemic, like this idea of like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get through this. And I'm like, it's not really about like getting through it or getting past it, right? This is not like a temporary blip. And then we like go back to normal. This is about accepting that like things change all the time. And we have to like work with what comes, not like just try to bypass it. So I think like the more you can kind of lean into being like, how is this a growth opportunity for me? How is this a growth opportunity for me from a self-awareness perspective, from um, an empowerment perspective, from a business perspective? Like, you know, what does this opportunity have for me? And looking at like, where is the opportunity? space rather than like only being preoccupied with like the loss and tragedy space I think like just like anyone who's like experienced personal grief and loss you know those are the things that we're kind of like asked to do in this time so staying grounded and centered being in your agency doing everything you can without like trying to control things that you can't and being willing to be flexible and learn it's really gonna help you come through this in a way that where you feel proud of yourself you know, feeling proud of yourself and like working on your self-esteem is super important always. And where can people find you, Jessie Susanna? Okay. People can find me on Instagram at money.witch. You can find me at moneywitch.com or healyourfinances.com. And um, I also have a YouTube channel that I haven't put anything on in literally ages. But I think when I'm working on my book this year, I'm going to start putting more videos up over there. And I think it's just youtube.com forward slash bunny witch. And yeah, there's links to everything. All my online courses, the money magic shop, different podcast interviews I've done before, um, my website, my mailing list, all of that is all in the link in my bio on my Instagram or at my website, healyourfinances.com. Great. And we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll put those links in the podcast notes and also uh, put a link to the taxes and accounting uh, class that people can take. Um, It's a great class that Jesse Susanna offers on just some basics about bookkeeping and taxes and accounting. So if you're really lost and Want somewhere to start, that is a great place to start to uh, start to understand your own finances. Thank you for being on the podcast and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Money Witches Business Basics for Not So Basic Business Babes, a comprehensive course on bookkeeping, taxes, and business structure so you can finally feel good about the organization of your money. Plus, reduce your stress about taxes and learn how to make important choices about your biz as you see expenses and income quarterly. Who's in? Head to bit.ly slash GGC MoneyWitch. That's bit.ly slash GGC MoneyWitch to grab this course for the magical number of $111. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.